Wow. When you have a moody kid, it ain't pretty. You think to yourself, I didn't sign up for this. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today, we're going to be talking about moody, cranky kids. Hey, I have one too. It happens. But there's a difference between moody and cranky kids and it's normal and developmental and when something is more sinister and there's a clinical issue. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne Kapanahaj, and this is a series designed for parents just like you and me who have kids with special needs or mental health issues who are struggling and you need a lifeline to know exactly how to support their mental health, help them thrive and become the spectacular human beings that we thought we were getting because they are there. And really to help bring balance and calm to not just a child, but to the family, right? Because when one person is suffering, especially as a parent, the whole family is. So today we're going to talk about managing moody kids. When you have a moody kid, it is not easy. It sort of like takes the fun out of parenting, right? We all have this sort of grand vision when you're in the hospital and you're looking down at your beautiful baby. And you think, this kid's not going to be snarky or cranky, but it becomes so much more when your child has a clinical issue. And so we're gonna, today we're going to talk about when it's typical moodiness, why does it happen? What are some of the things we can do about it, right? Because I'm all about solutions and we're really going to dive into some solutions and what are some factors behind it. But we're also going to talk about moodiness with clinical issues and really we do handle it the same. It's just going to require a lot more reinforcement when somebody has a neurodevelopmental issue, a clinical issue of some sort. It doesn't matter. It's all about a dysregulated nervous system. So if you are new to me, I have a awesome Facebook group called Natural Parenting Solutions. And you can go to www.drrosanne.com forward slash group. And you can join it. You can also search Natural Parenting Solutions on Facebook. What exactly is emotional dysregulation? I think when we think of that about our own kids, we have a clear picture. We think about it as a colleague that maybe it's a bit challenging. <laughs> but emotional dysregulation is when you have a frequent a tendency towards frequent mood swings and you switch between different emotional states probably too rapidly, but certainly with little control. So these are the kind of kids and human beings where people always say the same thing. This is somebody I've got to walk around on eggshells on. I'm not talking about it here, but there's a whole subgroup of people who have something called rejection sensitivity dysphoria, hyper, hypersensitive. Uh, about 70% of kids and individuals with ADHD have RSD. And they are prone to emotional dysregulation. And it doesn't matter what the source is. If you have somebody who just dysregulates and switches back and forth with little control, how do you parent them? And I think, why is it so hard for moody kids to dysregulate, right? And to regulate, apologies. And what are some factors behind that? What are factors that impact behaviors and emotions, right? Because we always got to be a parent detective and every single person can be a parent detective, 
And that's how we unlock it. So when our kid is struggling, instead of saying, oh my gosh, what's going on? I can't do this. I'm overwhelmed. There's going to be a pill for it. There's going to be some kind of something and I need it fast, right? We've all been there. Okay. It's called the sprint. The sprint doesn't win with in mental health. It's the marathon. And we are those people that have to prepare mamas, papas, caregivers, and many teachers are here and educators and even, you know, heads of organizations, right? Because we want to have a huge impact. That's my goal is to change the way we view and treat mental health for children and families. But what are some factors behind this? So certainly we have stress in the environment. What our idea of stress isn't the same idea of stress that maybe your child or teenager or even young adult is experiencing. This can be sensory. This can be dysregulation between two parents. I think about a couple I worked with years ago. They were going to go down as probably the two nicest parents I ever had, but they didn't get along. (laughs) And they really tried as much as they could to present a unified front, but they just had such differences really in fundamentally who they were. And they thought if they came together for their kid, that everything else wouldn't matter. And what they didn't realize is they each kind of encamped on different sides in their way that they communicated. And what kind of message did that send for the kid? Thinking you probably realize it sent this really, this message, almost a chaotic message to this kid. And what did the kid do? They just shut down because each side was a polar opposite. And they couldn't come together in terms of communication. They came together in action, but not in how they talked about it. And so this kid couldn't connect with their emotions, their sensations and their body and their thoughts. So we had to work from the system, the family system. But stressors can be small. They can be huge and everywhere in between. And when we really think like a detective, we have to take an eye, try to pull ourselves out, right? Remove that emotional part and start to really see what it is. Another huge factor for these moody kids, and you're not going to always understand any of these factors, but they're a reality. These are the most common things I see in my 30 years with kids, right? Shame, rejection, and that criticism, whether it's perceived or real, whether you say, hey, honey. Do you mind picking up the towels that are growing mold? And you get, what? What are you going? What's going on? And maybe you get a couple, you know, four-letter words in there. They may hear it as this whole criticism and versus where you're like, I should have just yelled at the kid. No, we know better than that. But what goes beyond that? Is this a kid with rejection sensitivity dysphoria? Is this a kid that is feels such a sense of failure? that they everything is shameful for them. They feel that rejection. They feel the criticism way more strongly. These are those kids that I always think about, like, is your problem a mountain or a molehill? Like, right? The reactions are always so big in comparison to it. So just a factor in it. And then one of the biggest factors is these kids lack stress tolerance and coping skills. Sometimes it's because they reject these things. Sometimes you're not explicitly teaching them enough. It's just a reality what it is. And some of our kids, for those of us that have multiple kids who are completely different kinds of people, how the heck does that happen? Even when they look the same, (laughs) I have a friend, I have multiple friends with twins, and I'm just always amazed how personality-wise even twins are so different. 
what do they need? What are those skills? What happened that helps them in there? So, and just please know, just as a validation, I just want you to know that I want to give you permission to recognize this is hard for yourself. I have a kid who is pans and when still still struggles with a sensitivity, but thank you, the Lord above, we have moved to the other side of it. But boy, were there so murky, murky years where you were like, okay, I'm going to wake him up and he's going to be mad at me. And my kid, he's a sensitive kid. On top of it, he had pans and infections in his bodies. And some days he just didn't feel good. Also learned that he had tinnitus. We didn't really know that until he could articulate it. So he has a ringing in his ear all the time. That would make me cranky too. So, you know, be a parent detective. Does your child struggle to complete tasks or they can't stay focused enough to finish their homework or get anything done? Or maybe they're super fearful and moody. This may leave you questioning if your child has ADHD or something else like a learning problem, anxiety, depression, or OCD. Well, I've created a quick quiz that will tell you if it's ADHD or something else. Text the word quiz to 13ALERTMORE to take my free quiz so you can get to the bottom of what's going on and the right solutions. That's text the word quiz to 13ALERTMORE. So let's talk about how to manage these moody kids because this is a, such a disruption in an entire family. This is what destroys marriages. This is what causes this absolute friction between you and your child. This is what causes jealousy between your kid. Even my older kid uh, recently said to me, and now it's become a funny joke. So we use humor in our house to diffuse a lot of things where the Hodges, we think Mr. Hodge and I think we are the funniest people ever. <laughs> so it's just part of who we are. I, if you can use humor to diffuse, please do and start doing it. it. It really helps to bring a light. But even my teenager said in front of grandpa, because he wanted grandpa to get in it. My 83-year-old Italian guy doesn't know how to not keep his opinion in his mouth. We all got a family member like that. Said, who's your favorite kid? And I said, oh, that's easy. It's Tiger. So now they all joke and I'm like, oh, Tiger, he's the best. He just wants to love me. He's soft and he doesn't talk back to me. So we made a joke out of it, but it was really pretty clear that he has a sense that his easy brother, easy behavioral kid has dyslexia. Life isn't always easy for him, but in his brother's mind. So these things really create a lot of division. So let's talk about tip one. So give short, clear and visual directions. I also really like to preview things and let them know in advance, but I just keep it short and clear, really try to watch my tone. Like, and I also like to, particularly for these kids, moody kids sometimes don't process things right away or they process things too quickly. You can even say like, Hey, is now a good time? Is now a good time? Cause they're going to say no. Is now a good time or at two o'clock a good time to talk about? blah, 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 the homework, whatever it is that you have to do. I try to give them a little power, a little choice, but just keep it short and clear. And I like to make it visual like, hey, when you look at your home, when you see the end result of your homework, 
what does it look like? It's really helpful for them, especially when we're just such a barrage of verbal components that we try to make things as descriptive as possible. Um, Two, focus on what they can do and what they can't. So when you're like, hey, you got mold growing on your towels, get your butt moving and let's put it in here. You can say like, reframe that. You can say, oh, I can see you got these things in the <laughs> in the laundry basket or maybe close to it. Do you need a hand getting this down or, or, or do you want me to help you do this now or do you want me to help you do this in 15 minutes? So yes and no answers are not always good, um, but focus on what they are doing. And also please know, we all do this as parents. We all say, oh, we just want them to try. That's a bunch of BS. We want it done. And so some of that gets to a friction. If you have a kid who's stuck in shame, blame, and has such a negative view of themselves, if we're this idea of perfection is just not going to happen, right? Or the thing being done, we have to reinforce. We're going to talk about that because number my three tip is hello, reinforce, reinforce, and reinforce some more. Um, we have to re- reinforce the attempts at behavior. Um, I think this is something that gets confusing. So many kids that are dysregulated are very bright. And um, so many of these kids are so bright. I love, I love all these smarty pants. And so we think intelligence means output, right? Intelligence is just what you're cognitively capable of how you hustle, how you get stuff done, your temperament, your attention. These are all separate factors. So we want to make sure we're reinforcing the desired behaviors. We've got to show them what to do and not point out what they're not doing. Now, obviously, when safety is concerned, we have to use not language. But I try to reserve it for safety. And I even frankly say that today, I don't even remember, John Carlo and I were in the car this morning and we were talking about something about safety. And I was like, you know, mom, she says no when it's safety. That sounds like a safety thing. And I really kind of, you know, everything else is a discussion with a lot of humor. Don't engage in fact fighting. This is credit. Nancy McDermott, our clinical director, calls it fact fighting. My buddy in life, I love her. Don't engage in this little inertia of all the little minute details. When your kid gets stuck on something, you know how the negative person gets stuck? Like, do you remember last week when you did, 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 and then your kid does the same thing? This is of no use. Focus on the thing that you want it to be, the attempts to be successful, whatever it is. Don't engage in the little parts because this is somebody who probably is a ruminator who gets stuck in negativity And when we get down in the weeds with them, they're never going to see the forest through the trees. So focus on the objectives. Certainly when people want to fact fight with you, also be a parent detective. What is that about? Is it that they're resentful? Like what's the emotional understanding? And I think even though we think of our moody kids as full of emotion, a lot of times our moody kids are only capable of a few emotions. And I'm really about sensations, thoughts, and then emotions. That's how the brain works. So we have to try to connect to those sensations, but don't engage in fact fighting. So moody kids are hard to manage. You need some resources. And I hope these were some helpful tips for you. I know that these are some of my most exhausted parents. So I want to make sure. So reinforce the behaviors that you want couldn't be more important 
And certainly when your kid is in a better mood, it's also an idea to talk about coping skills and things like, hey, yesterday you managed it so well. What else could you do? Lots of tips. So we have our natural parenting solutions group. You can go to uh www.drrosanne.com forward slash group. You can join it. A full of amazing parents. We only want nice parents in there who want to talk about solutions. How about that? So it's a group of lifters because I am a lifter in every aspect of my life. And uh, I feel grateful to have so many lovely parents in there. We have my blog. You can go to drrosanne.com, my blog. And if you're really itching to work with me, because everyone always DMs me, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slide forward slash apply. So as you know, as I always say, wherever you are in the journey is exactly where you need to be. Take one small action. That's all you need to do to start creating change. Little waves make big waves. So sending you a lot of love. And if you have a very moody child, it's really important to take care of yourself too. Parenting is so hard and there are so many ups and downs. And just know that no matter what is going on with your kid and family, it's going to be okay. Even when your kid is snarky and crabby and cranky, there is a way to support that and help your whole family get unstuck. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 